Good morning, good morning, good morning, everyone. This is Arthur Pearlie Martin, <clears throat> excuse me, with Biblical Principles for Your Inner Healing. You guys, I'm so glad you can join me today, this February the 7th, 2023, this beautiful Tuesday morning that the Lord has made. You guys, you know what we're going to do. We're going to pray first before we start anything, right? We want the wisdom of God, the counsel of God, the manifestations of God to be in on this Bible study here today. We're going to talk today about law and grace. Are we living under the law or are we living by faith in God's grace? Okay, but we're going to pray first, Father. We just thank you for being here today. We thank you for being in the midst of us, Lord God. You said we're two or three are joined together. Excuse me. Um, we're two or three are joined together, Father. Um, there you are in the midst of us. So, for Holy Spirit, we ask that as I open my mouth, that you anoint my lips of clay. And you'll give us a rhema word. You said those who reverence you, who fear you, Father, that you would make your covenant known to you. And those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, that you would fill us. So, Father, we ask that you just fill us with your word today, again, this day. In Jesus' name, we pray, and we thank you for wisdom in advance to show us how to do what it is that you show us today, Father. We ask for your wisdom in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you guys again for joining in. And again, we're asking, are you living by faith or are you living by the law? We got to get this right. You know, Jesus told us in his word, he said that love, uh, he didn't come to do away with the law, but he came to fulfill the law, right? He came to fulfill the law. How did he come to fulfill the law? He came to fulfill the law um, by love. Love is the fulfillment of the law, the word tells us. So what is the law? A lot of times we talk about the law, people just think there's 10 commandments. You know, the 10 commandments of Moses over in the book of Exodus, well, there's actually 613 laws. <laughs> there's more than 10 laws. So uh, Jesus came not to do away with the law because if it was not for the law, we, would have not, we wouldn't be knowing right from wrong and good from evil, right? So the purpose of the law was to teach us how to live morally, you know, to teach us good from evil and right from wrong. And in the Old Testament, that's what they live by because Christ had not yet came to earth to redeem, um, to redeem us. Uh, from sin because you know so but in the new testament we no longer live by the law we live by love love is the fulfillment of the law right why is this uh because i'm, I'm sorry give me one minute i'm setting up my youtube page i'm sorry i should have had this done already but um Love is the fulfillment of the law because when we walk in love, we're not going to lie, cheat, steal, kill, or any of that, right? So the thing about trying to live under the law is when we live under the law, we fall from grace because it's no longer about what Christ did, but it, it's, it's about what we did. So we're going to talk today about are we living um, by the law or are we living based upon God's love for us? So let's, let's go into uh, the word real quick. Okay, so our salvation is, is not based upon keeping the law. Uh, it's based upon uh, accepting Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, right? Um, so we're not saved because of our righteousness, but we're saved by faith in grace. We're saved by faith in what Jesus did, right? The Bible says that Abraham, it was counted unto Abraham as righteousness, because of his faith in what Jesus Christ has, had done. He wasn't counted righteous because he was perfect. He was not counted righteous because he did everything right. Abraham was considered righteous because he believed God. Okay, Ephesians 2 and 4 says, But God being rich in mercy because of the great love of which he loved us, even when we were yet dead in our trespasses, he made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. It's by grace that we're saved, not by our own works, lest any man should boast, right? Because if it's by my works, then I have something to boast about. But it's by, we're saved by grace. And um, Romans, 2 and, uh, Romans 2 and 6 says, And we're raised up with him and seated, seated 
will raise with him and, and he seated us with him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus so that in the coming age he might show the immeasurable um, riches of his grace and kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. So Romans 2 and uh, Ephesians 2 and 8 again it says for by grace you have been saved through faith and this is not your own doing. It is a the gift of God. It's not a result of works so that no one may boast. See, we're saved by grace. We're saved by grace through faith in what Jesus Christ has already done. It's not by our own works, lest any man should boast. If I was saved by my own works, when I, that causes me, that puts me under the law. Because now what I'm saying is, I'm good because of what I did, not because of what God did. You know, I'm saved because... I didn't lie, cheat, steal, kill, or, you know, that's why I'm saved, which causes us to be self-righteous and not God-righteous. You know, we're made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus when our faith is in what he has done, right? It was counted unto Abraham as righteous because he believed God. His faith in God causes him to be in right standings with God. And our faith in Jesus Christ and what he did causes us to be in right standings with him because of what he did. We're saved by grace. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. If our salvation was based on keeping the law, then we would be able to boast about our own self-righteousness, right? Romans 4 and 3 tells us, Abraham believed God, and it was counted him as righteous because of his faith. Romans 4 and 3. I need you guys to go back and read these scriptures. Okay? It says, when, uh, um, when people work their way, when people work, Romans 4 and 4, it says, when people work, their wages are not a gift, but something they have earned. But people are counted as righteous, not because of their work, but because of their faith in God who forgives sinners. Okay, I believe that's the New King James Version. That was a really good example. It says, see, so we're not saved by our own fleshly works. Under the New Covenant, we're saved by faith. And even in the Old Covenant, they had to sacrifice lambs. The priests had to go into the temple. They had to be spotless and uh, confess the sins of the people. We don't have to do that in the New Testament. It's not by works. It's by faith in what Jesus Christ was saved by faith in grace and what Christ has done. But people are counted as righteous, not because of their works. Romans 4 and 5. We're not counted righteous because of their, our works, but because, not because of their works, but because of their faith in God who forgives sinners. We have to have faith in the finished work that God has forgiven us for our sins. We're going to keep on with this because this is not a license to sin. So we're going to continue on. Romans 7 and 6 says, but now we have been released from the law for we died to it and are no longer captive to its power. Now we can serve God, not in the old way, talking about the old covenant of obeying the letter of the law, but in a new way of living in the spirit. You know, the letter killeth, but the spirit giveth life. When we start trying to live our life based upon trying to keep the Ten Commandments, then we have fallen from grace because it's not based upon what Christ has done. It's based upon what we've done. So what are you saying? Do we sin? What then? Shall we sin because we are not under law? Romans 6 and 15 is getting ready to answer this. So do we continue in sin since we're not called to live by under the law like in the Old Testament? Of course, God forbid. Romans 6.15 says, What then? Shall we sin because we are not under the law but under grace? Certainly not. Do you not know that to whom you present your members slave to obey, you are that one slave whom you obey? You are, the one, you are that one slave whom you obey, whether of sin leading to death or of obedience leading to righteousness. But God be thanks that through you, though you were uh, slaves of sin, yet you obey from the heart that form of doctrine to which you were delivered. So should we continue in sin since we're no longer under the law? God forbid. Whatsoever man soweth, that shall we also reap too. So 
He's saying here, he said, whoever we yield our members to, that's who we serve it to. So if we yield our members to sin, then we become a slave to sin, to obey that sin. But if we live our members to righteousness unto Christ, if we choose to live for Christ, then we yield our members to him. Galatians 6 and 7 says, do not be deceived. God is not to be mocked. So, you know, we say, okay, well, I'm not under the law. No, love is the fulfillment of the law. You know, Jesus said, I did not come to do a way to abolish the law, but to fulfill the law. Love is the fulfillment of the law. What are you saying, bro? That Jesus said that when you love someone, you're not going to lie, cheat, steal, kill. See, it's all, it's all summed up in the, in the greatest commandment. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. Love the Lord thy God with all our heart, our mind, and our soul, right? And love your neighbor as you love yourself. That's the greatest commandment. Why? Because the law is summed up in love. See, because when you walk in love, you're not going to lie, cheat, steal, kill. You see how that works? So the focus is not on trying to keep the law. The focus is on walking in love. Because love is the fulfillment of the law. When I love you, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not going to cheat on you. I'm not going to steal from you. You see how that works? We're not focusing on trying to keep a bunch of rules. We're not focusing on, well, not to fornicate, not to cheat, not to steal, not commit adultery. That's not our focus. Our focus is on the finished work of what Jesus Christ did. Our focus is on um, the love of God, walking in love. The greatest commandment is now that we love the Lord thy God with all our heart. Why? Because when we love God with all our heart, our mind, our soul, with every fiber of our being, because we're three-part beings, right? Spirit, soul, and body. When we love the Lord with a, with a pure heart, it's our obedience to God, our love for God, comes out of our obedience to God. You see what I'm saying? So when you love God, you're not going to want to lie, cheat, steal, kill. Right? We, we understand this. Even in the natural, we understand that when you love someone, you don't want to hurt them. You know, some of us, we have so much reverence and respect for our elders, for our parents and things like that, or our spouses, that there are certain things we don't do because of our love for them. We don't want to hurt them. Right? And it's the same way, spiritually speaking. Jesus said, if you love me, then keep my commands. Keep my commands. If you love me, because my love for God, because I love him. This is how we prove our love for God. We prove our love for God by our obedience to God, right? No condemnation, because what I'm talking about is developing a love relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus did not come to do away with the law. Matthew 5, 17 tells us. But he came to fulfill the law. Jesus said, I didn't come to do away with the law. I came to fulfill the law. So how did Jesus fulfill the law? By showing his love to us, by his death and resurrection. Romans tells us that when we were yet sinners, this is how God proved his love to us. That yet when we were yet sinners, Christ died for the ungodly. This is how he, see his love for us didn't have anything to do with how we were. It was because of who he was. And it was because he so loved that God gave his only begotten son. John 3, 16 tells us this, right? It was for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. It was because of God's love. Everything God did, he did out of love. He knew that man was not capable of keeping the law. Because if we fell in one part of the law, the Bible tells us that we've broken the whole law. So say, okay, so, you know, so, okay, so I don't commit fornication. I'm not an adulterer. I don't steal. I don't lie. I don't kill. Okay. But hey, but if I got bitterness and unforgiveness and envy and all this stuff in my heart, I have still broken the law. You see, so that's not why we're not called. Because if you, if you, if you uh, live by the law, you're going to be judged by the law. Because when we put ourselves under the law, we have fallen from grace. We're not relying on the finished work of what Jesus Christ has done. It's based upon our works and not God's works. And now the grace of God has been nullified in our life. It's no longer about what Christ did. It's about what we did. Isn't that what the Pharisees and the Sadducees were all about? They were about the law. It was Their, their self-righteousness was based upon the good deeds that they did. It wasn't you know, when Jesus came to confront them, 
um, they didn't see a need for him, for him because they already thought that they they was good, that they were Abraham's seed based upon the law. But Jesus came to fulfill the law. You see, so your focus shouldn't be on, I'm not going to lie, cheat, steal, kill. No, your focus is on developing a love relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ so we can walk in the love of God. When we walk in the love of God, we're going to be kind. We're going to be patient. We're going to be gentle. We're going to be long-suffering. The fruits of the Spirit, Galatians 5, 19, 20, 21, 22, all down in there, the works of the flesh and the fruits of the Spirit. We have been born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible, not of incorruptible, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible seed, right? We've been born again. The spirit of the living God has came, is on the inside of us. If we have accepted Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, we're all God's creation, but we're not, excuse me, but we're not all God's children until we accept his son as our Lord and Savior. Do we get that? You get it? I'm trying to take us from under, out of works and into relationship. Because a lot of us don't sometimes don't see a need to develop a relationship with the Lord. And so we walk around in condemnation because we don't have a relationship. And when we don't have a relationship with the Lord, we put ourselves up under the law. And so we judge ourselves based upon our own behaviors. We base, well, God don't love me because I did this or God. No, God's love for you is not based upon what you do or don't do. The Bible says that God is love. This is who he is. God so loved because God is love. And for God not to love us, he would have to deny himself. So you say, well, why does people go to hell if God? Because love is choice. It's not force. And the reason people go to hell is because they don't accept Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Love is choice and it's not force. You know, you cannot, we know even in the natural, we cannot force people to love us. They have to choose to love us. And so it's God love people who go to hell. It wasn't that God didn't love them. It was that they didn't love him and they did not accept his son, Jesus, as their Lord and Savior. So uh, Jesus said, I came to fulfill the law. It's about me. It's about Jesus. It's not about keeping the law. It's about our love relationship. Jesus said, if you love me, I'll keep my commands. If you love me, obey me. Jesus said, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do what I say? We're talking about a love relationship. We're not talking about keeping the law. When we walk in love, we're going to fulfill the law. Romans 13 and 8 says, Owe no man nothing except to love one, uh, one another. For he who loves another has fulfilled the law. When I'm loving you, I am going to fulfill the law. Because when I love you, I'm not going to disrespect you. When I love you, I'm going to be patient with you. When I love you, I'm going to be gentle and kind with you. When I love you, I'm going to tell you the truth. Because that's what love is. Faithful are the wounds of a friend, but deceitful is the kiss of an enemy. See, uh, we, we compare love to our natural. God's love is not like our natural human love. God's love is unconditional. His love, is, his love for us is not based upon our performance because God is love. See, I'm trying to get you to understand that. The same, if I was to describe me, one of the things I would say about me is that I'm a woman, right? That's who I'm a, I'm a woman. Okay, so if I was to describe God, I would say that he's love. That's who he is. That's his characteristic. That's who he is. He's patient. He's kind. He's gentle. He's long-suffering. He's faithful. He's our provider. He's my father. You see, that's who, how we describe God. God is I-S. God is love. This is who he is. Okay, so there's nothing we can change about who he is. But just because God is love does not mean it means that we still have a choice. God being love does not change our choice. Love is choice. It's not force. Okay. In the same way we can't make people love us is the same way God does not try to make us love him. It's a choice. I set before you this day, life that blessed. We get to choose. And whoever we yield our members to, that's who we serve to. Right? So, no, just because we don't live under the law, we don't live in sin. God forbid, whatsoever man soweth, that shall he also reap, right? I'm gonna, in other words, we're going to reap the harvest that we plant. 
We understand this even in the natural. If I sow an apple seed, I'm going to reap an apple tree, right? So if I live a lifestyle of sin, I'm going to reap the consequences. I'm going to reap the curse, even though I've been, we've been redeemed from the curse. But if I live a lifestyle of sin, I am putting myself under the curse and I'm going to reap the consequences of sin. Whatsoever a man soweth, if I yield my members to unrighteousness, I am going to reap the fruits of that harvest. In other words, we're reaping. We say we reap what we sow, right? Really, what we're saying is we're we're gonna uh, we're gonna uh, harvest what we plant. If I sow an apple seed, I'm going to reap an apple tree. If I live a lifestyle of sin, I'm going. I'm putting myself under the curse. Uh, And when we're born again, we don't continue to live in sin. Because when we're really born again, we have the seed of God living on the inside of us, right? Okay, let's continue on. Um, Owe no man nothing. Romans 13 and 8 says, Owe no man nothing except to love one another. For he who loves another has fulfilled the law. For the commandments... You shall not commit adultery. You shall not murder. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness. You shall not covet. And if there is any other commandment, and there's 613 commandments total, so it's not possible to keep the law. So rather than trying to keep the law, just walk in love. Because when you walk in love, you're not going to commit adultery. When you walk in love, you're not going to murder. When you walk in love, you're not going to steal. When you walk in love, you're not going to bear false witness. When you walk in love, you're not going to covet. You see what I'm saying? So it's easier just to walk in love than trying to keep the law. You cannot keep the law. Jesus came to fulfill the law. He's already done that. He said, love is the fulfillment of the law. We're talking about God's love. We're not talking about human's love. We're talking about God's law. Remember, God's law, tell, God tell people the truth. That's Love tells people the truth. So don't think that, um, well, because I love you, I'm not going to tell you the truth. No, that's what love is. If I see that you're getting ready to hurt yourself, then, uh, hey, don't go over there. It's a snake in the grass. That's love. Hey, uh, don't do that. That's going to hurt you. That's love. You see what I'm saying? That's not law. That's love. Because love tells people the truth. You shall not covet. And if there is any uh, other commandments, all summed up. In the same sense, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no harm to his neighbor. Therefore, love is a fulfillment of the law. Right? Love your neighbor as yourself. We're not just talking about your next door neighbor. We're talking about any and everybody that you come in contact. People that are in your sphere of influence. Not just your family members. But any people, your, your co-workers, people that you'll socialize with, social, people, just people, period. Love does no harm to your neighbor. This is what he's saying. He said, I'm going to summarize this for you. You should love the neighbor as yourself, right? So when you learn to love yourself the way God loves you, then in turn, you can learn to love others because love does not harm don't does no harm to a neighbor. But you know, when you harm yourself and when we don't take care of ourselves, then we're not loving ourselves like God love us. And and when we don't love ourselves, then guess what? We are loving others the way we love ourselves. A lot of times people are treating you based upon how they feel about themselves because people can only give you what they have. So if I don't feel like I'm loved, I may not be lovely to you. It's nothing personal. It's what's inside of me. I am loving you the way I love me. And don't love anyone more than you love God. And don't love anyone more than you love yourself. Right? You love others as you love God and as you love yourself. In other words, my love for you is coming out of my love for God. And my love for God is the reason I can love you like God is because I've learned to love myself like God. You have to learn to love your, because then you have balance. Love is not being a doormat. Love is not, love is patient. Love is kind. Love does not bring, do any harm. Um, you see, so I shouldn't be, if I love myself, I shouldn't even be harming myself, not just others. I shouldn't be harming myself. We're not talking about human love. We're not saying, oh, you don't love me. No, we're not talking about phileo love. We're not talking about the flesh love. I'm talking about the God kind of love that we as believers are called to walk in. Uh, I believe it's 1 Corinthians 13 where it talks about the love, God's love. 
That's what love is. That's the kind of love I'm talking about. I'm talking about God's love. It's patient, it's kind, it's gentle, it's long-suffering. But, you know, even, again, we're not trying to do this on our own. We're talking about having a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm not talking, well, I'm not going to cuss anymore. I'm, I'm going to... Oh, I'm going to watch it. I'm going to make sure I don't, I'm going to practice not cussing. No, what you just did was you put yourself under the law. You don't have to, don't practice on not cussing. Practice on develop, uh, continue to work on that love relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Because when you start trying not to do something in your own ability, that's you putting yourself under the law. Love is the fulfillment of the law. Abraham, it was counted unto him as righteousness because of his faith. When people work their wages, it's not a gift, but it's something they have earned. But people are counted righteous, not because of their work, but because of their faith in God who forgives sinners. I'm counted righteous because of what Christ did. Should I continue in sin? Because grace abound. The purpose of the law was to teach us right from wrong and good from evil, right? What was the purpose of the law? It was to teach me, teach us right from wrong. He's saying, do not commit adultery. Do not steal from your neighbor. Do not covet your neighbor's stuff, right? The purpose of the law, do not run the stop sign. Do not run the red light. What is the purpose of the law? To keep, it's to help us to know right from wrong. That's the purpose of the law. So how do I keep the law? I, as a believer, I keep the law I, because of my love for God. Jesus said, if you love me, love is the fulfillment of the law. You see, love fulfills every commandment. Love fulfills every 613 commandments. Because when you love, you're not going to do what the law say. When you love, you're not going to commit adultery. When you love, you're not going to steal. When you love, you're not going to rob a store. You see what I'm saying? Because that's not love. So the thing that we need to focus on is walking in love. Love is the fulfillment of the law. We're talking about God's love. We're talking about when we develop a love relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, there's things we're not going to feel comfortable doing. There's things. Why? Because when we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, his spirit comes to live on the inside of us. The Bible say in Corinthians 6 that our body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. Know you not that you've been bought with a price and you're not your own. That your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, right? The spirit of the living God comes to live on the inside of us. And his spirit bears witness with our spirit, the Bible says, to let us know that we are children of God. So love is the fulfillment of the whole 600. If you want to keep 613 laws, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to sum it up for you. The way you do it is by walking in the love of God. Being obedient. What is walking in the love of God? Being obedient to what he says. Jesus said, if you love me, listen to this. What is it to love God? To love God is to obey God. Jesus said, if you love me, then obey me. That's how we love. That's how we show our love to God, by our obedience to God. We even know in the natural that if someone is slapping in your face and doing evil things to you, that's not love, right? That's not love. That's not lovely. That's not love. So where do we get our idea of love from? We need to go back to the Bible and see what love is because we have our preconceived ideas of what love is. Go see what love is. God is love, right? So if you really want, we really want to know how to love, we have to love like God. In other words, my love for you is not based upon what you do or you don't do. That's why if people hang the phone up in my face, it doesn't bother me because it's not about me. You understand? This is about, uh, this is because I love them because my motive is pure. Um, my heart is pure. My motive is pure. Faithful are the wounds of a friend. So when you tell people the truth, people, you know, Proverbs say, don't even rebuke a mocker lest they turn and hate you, right? So sometimes the apostle Paul says, have I become your enemy by telling you the truth? I have people now that's upset with me because I told them the truth. That don't bother me. 
Because the good thing, the good news about that is because the word of God is alive, it's active, it's powerful, it's sharper than any two-edged sword. So that means in order to be mad at somebody, you got to think about what, what was said. You got to think about what, what, what happened, which in a good, is a good way because you have to think about what the word was. What was the word? What am I angry at them about? Because they corrected me because uh, the Lord had them to correct me because the Lord had them. But that's a sign of immaturity because as we begin to grow in the Lord, we'll be able to eat strong meat and we will be able to handle correction. Mature people can handle a no. Mature people can handle correction. There's no condemnation because we're growing from faith to faith and glory to glory. And so it's like a baby. It's hard for sometimes for a baby to take except no. No, you can't have it. So sometimes a baby will fall out and start kicking and screaming, right? That's the nature of a baby because they don't want that no. You know, they want what they want. Our flesh wants what it wants. Our flesh is like a spoiled brat kid. Right? It wants what it wants, and it wants because our flesh is opposite to what God wants. But when people base their salvation on their wages, on their works, it's no longer a gift. And this is what causes us to get in self-righteous. This is what causes us to say, well, at least I don't fornicate. At least I don't do this. At least, see, we're, we're going up under the law. We're going up under the law. So what we need to do is we need to uh, help teach people to understand about the love of God. Because when we learn, when we uh, develop a love relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, we're not going to want to do, we're not going to, we're going to, we're going to fulfill the law. We're not going to do that 600 and the break. Because if you break one law, you've broken the whole law. When you break part of the law, you break the whole law. Because the same God that said don't kill is the same God that said don't lie. It was because of Abraham's faith that God counted him as righteous. And when God counted him as righteous, it wasn't just for Abraham's benefit. It was recorded for our benefit too. Assuring us that God will also count us as righteous if we believe in him. The one who raised Jesus our Lord from the dead. He was handed over to die because of our sins, not because of his sins. And he was raised to life to make us in right standards with God. Jesus Christ is the way. He's the only way. He's the only truth and he's the only life. And for me to think that I can get to God the Father based upon my own righteousness is to be able to boast in what I've done rather than to boast in what Christ has done. Jesus is the way. He's the only way. And when we try to go any other way, it's, we're a thief and a robber. Jesus Christ is the only way to the Father. Let's make that clear. Make that plain. We have to go through the Son to get to the Father. He is the one who paid for our sins. We have to be born again. We have to be washed and cleansed in the blood of Jesus. We, he died for the world, but we have to receive it and accept it. How do we receive it and accept it? By believing in our heart that Jesus Christ did die, that he rose, uh, and by confessing it with our mouth. Jesus Christ was not just a prophet. He was not just a good man. He died to redeem us from our sins. Our salvation is not based upon our works. Our salvation is based upon our faith in Jesus Christ, in his works. And our obedience is based upon our love for God. If we are born again, we do not live a lifestyle of sin. Because, right? So what do we have to do? The Apostle Paul says, he talked about, he said, when I want to do good, it's like evil is always present. Right? When I want to do good. He says, so I get it. It's with my mind I serve the law of God, but it's with my flesh that I serve the law of sin. So we have to renew our mind to the word of God. Once we become born again, because when we become born again, our spirit is saved, but our mind has got to be renewed because the mind, our body will do what the mind tell it to, right? So we have to begin to renew our mind to the word of God so we can walk out the will of God, right? Let me, let me find this. Romans, uh, Romans 12, Romans 12, 1 and 2, it tells us. Let's read it. Romans 12, 1 and 2. And so, dear beloved, this is the New Living Translation. So, uh, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you 
to give your body to God because of all he has done for you. Uh, King James says, um, Beloved, I beseech you that you present your body as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto the Lord. For this is your, uh, this is your reasonable servant. And don't copy, uh, NLT say, don't copy the behaviors and customs of this world. But let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. I like this. Let me read Romans 12 again. NLT, I'm going to read the whole thing this time. Romans 12, 1 and 2. It says, and dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. How do we worship him? We worship Christ by our behavior, by our life. He said, let your light so shine so men will see your good deeds. This is your light is your lifestyle, your behaviors. And when we present our bodies unto God as a living sacrifice, we begin to live Christ-like. But how do we do this? I just got born again. I have to change my way of thinking. So Romans 2 tells us, he said, don't copy the behaviors and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. I like that. It says, let me read that again. Romans 12 and 2 NLT. It says, don't copy the behaviors and customs of this world, but let God transform you or change you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. We cannot know the will of God without knowing the word of God. Okay, we cannot know God's good, acceptable, and perfect will for our lives without renewing our mind. So when we get born again, our spirit gets saved, but our mind has got to be renewed. And as we begin to renew our mind, our behaviors will begin to change. And this is why the devil fights us so much so we don't have time to get in the word. So we don't have time to get in the word of God because the body will do what the mind tells it to. This is, this is what the devil wants from you. Go back and listen to my podcast. What is it the devil wants from you? The devil wants to steal the word. Because the word of God is our weapon of warfare. It's powerful. It's sharper than any two-edged sword, right? The word of God is our weapon. It's called the sword of the spirit. If we're in a battle with no weapon, we're going to live a defeated life. We cannot stand against the wiles of the devil. We cannot stand against the schemes, the plots, and the evil devices of the devil without knowing the word of God. So our goal is God. Our goal is to walk in the love of God. By what, how do we walk in the love of God? I'm getting ready to end it. The way we walk in the love of God, I'm going to summarize it, is through our obedience to God. Now, our obedience to God comes out of our love for God. So how, how do we do that? We have to develop a love relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ by reading his word. Because John tells us that... In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God, right? And also the Word was made manifest, and it dwelt among them in the flesh, right? God and His Word is one. So when we're spending time with God's Word, we're spending time with Him. Think about this. When you write a letter to someone, or you send them a text message or whatever, these people are reading these words, and what they're saying is, this is that person speaking. Their words are representing what they're thinking. Even though I'm reading a word... I'm reading what you're saying because those words represent you, right? So God and his word is one. So it's, it's, he breathed, he, it was breath breathed. He breathed into man. He gave man the revelation knowledge to write the word. People say, how do you know that the Bible is true? I'm going to tell you how I know that the Bible is true. I know that the Bible is true. The Bible is prophetic because the things that he says is going to happen before they happen, happens. It's prophetic. So this is why I'm not caught off guard about nothing the devil do. I'm not caught off guard about the mass shootings. The Bible says evil men going to grow worse, right? He already told us that these things were going to happen before they happen. And so if you believe what the word of God say, you're going to see what it say. And you won't be surprised by what the devil do. You won't be surprised that people are denouncing God. That stuff does not surprise me. Nothing the devil does surprises me because he's evil, he's a liar, he's a deceiver. So we should not, believers believe. 
So if we're reading the word, guess what? We won't be caught off guard because God is already telling us ahead of time what's going to happen. I know that the word of God is true because it has manifested in my life. I have tasted and seen for myself that God is good. Therefore, I testify on behalf of the blood of Jesus that the blood of Jesus, it will cleanse you. It will deliver you. And I have been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. I know that the word of God is true. It's because I was depressed. I was oppressed. Okay? And when I accepted the Lord Jesus Christ, he delivered me and he set me free. And he gave me that peace just like the Bible said. He gave me that peace that passes all understanding. That to cover and it cover my heart and my mind in Christ Jesus. I know that the Bible is true because when I practice the principles and I say what God said, I be, I see what God says. I know that the Bible is true because my mom stood on Acts 16 31 and she believed that not only because she would be saved, but that her children will be saved. And here I am. I am a living testimony that the word of God works and that the word of God is true because I saw all five of my mom kids come to the Lord Jesus Christ because she believed not only did God save her, but he saved her household too. I'm here to testify. I am a living witness. I am an eyewitness. Though I have not physically touched him, though I have not physically seen him, I can testify to you on behalf of the Lord Jesus Christ because I have experienced him. That when I pray his word back to him, that I see what it says. That the word of God, that God watches over his word to perform it. I'm here to testify to you that the devil is a liar and everything that he says to you and about you is not true. That we must get in the word of God to find out who he says. We are his workmanship created in uh, uh, in Christ Jesus unto good works. We are his workmanship. God created us to worship and to serve him. Not to serve the devil purpose. But verily, verily, I say unto you, we must be born again to experience the newness of life. If I could be saved by my works, then what would be the purpose of Jesus? If I'm saved by my works, because when a man works, he earns wages. That's not a, that's a, that's not a gift. He deserved that because he worked for it. That's a gift. He earned wages. Okay. But when I accept what Jesus Christ has already done, then that's a gift. A gift has to be received. A gift has to be accepted. If you knock on my door right now and you say, I want to give you this. And I say, no, then I did not receive the gift. A gift is something that it had nothing to do with me. That was because of his love for me. When we were yet sinners, I'm trying to see because when you put yourself under the law, you put yourself under condemnation. Because when we try to keep the law, every time we fail, every time we don't do something right, the devil who is the accuser of the brethren, he comes to condemn us. Okay? So shall we so what we do when we fall, if if when we sin, we have an advocate who's faithful and just to forgive us of all sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So when we do fall down, we accept the gift of, uh, of, of uh, forgiveness. We accept the blood. We accept, we understand that when I, I, I ask God to forgive me of doubt and unbelief, because that's really what causes us to sin. When we don't believe, what is the sin that lead it to sin? Go back in and listen to my podcast. What is the sin that lead to sin? What is it that causes us not to do what God say do? Well, we have to renew our mind. So he that knoweth to do good and do it not for him is sin. So when I know better and I don't do better for me is sin. But we also are destroyed because of a lack of knowledge. Again, that goes back to doubt and unbelief. Right? Jesus said that the children of Israel could not enter into the into his into his rest because of the evil heart of unbelief. And so when we don't do what God say and we know what he say, 
Not only is it rebellion, but it's unbelief. The reason I didn't do what you say is because I really didn't believe what you say. And at the end of the day, we have to be able to admit that. Because when we won't confess it, all that is is pride. We don't like to say when it's something, you know, when we're not really believing. Because let me tell you something. When God's word is not working, it's always something on my end. It's never on his end. Because the work is already finished. If he, he already said that by Jesus' stripes, I'm healed. Jesus already took the stripes for our healing. So it's, it's, it's finished. Jesus It's finished. The work is finished. The work is done. It's up to me now to believe that the work is finished, that the work is done. It's up to me to believe that those stripes that Jesus took on his back unhealed because of those stripes he was bruised for our iniquity the chastisement of our peace was upon him and by his stripes we were w-e-r-e healed it's finished it's done jesus christ is not coming back down to earth to do anything else it's already finished i need you to believe what he said jesus need god wants us to believe without faith it's impossible to please god why is this because when we don't believe god we doubt god and that's the sin that lead it to sin, doubt and unbelief. And when we don't believe God, guess what? We call him a liar. And I don't know about you, but that's not pleasing to me when people call me a liar. So when we don't believe God, we call him a liar. And that's really all it boils down to. There's no condemnation. Okay, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So let's spend time reading the word. It's not enough just to listen to other people teach the word. It's not enough. We're going to have to turn off the YouTubes. We're going to have to turn off the Facebooks. We are, and just, get, are, are you afraid just to get along with God by yourself? Let me tell you, he will talk to you. He the hunger and thirst after righteousness. It might not be an audible voice. It might just be an unction from the Holy Spirit. I just had a desire to do this. I just had a desire to say this. You know, I had a desire to do Proverbs 31, Walk of Wisdom. The Lord just dropped it down in my spirit. You won't always hear an audible voice, but the Lord will lead you. He will guide you. Something just told me to go that way. And it saved my life. That was leading you, guiding you, directing you. My question is, would you allow, we say it, Psalms 23, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Would you allow the Lord to shepherd you? We have to make time it's not that we don't have time. We just pick and choose. Listen, look at our priorities. Where is God on our priori- priority list? Is he at the end of our day or the beginning of a day? And if he's at the end of our day, what we're, we're living our whole entire day, really not acknowledge him in all our ways. God wants some quality time. The same way you want to spend quality time with your spouse, the same way you want to spend quality time with your children, is the same way God wants to spend quality time with us. Shut it down. Shut it off. Shut the videos off. Shut the YouTube off. Shut the social media off. Get in the Word of God and read, read, read. Those who hunger... And thirst after righteousness shall be filled. And that's another reason I'm doing Proverbs also, is to help bring people back to the Bible. We have to come back to the Word of God. It's not just so people can sit there and listen to me. But my prayer is that you will actually open up the Bible and read Proverbs. Read the entire Proverbs chapter. But not just in a Logos way, not in a religious way, not just so you can say, well, I read the Word today. No. When we read it, we want to spend time with them and say, okay, Lord, so what do you mean when you say this? Because when you seek, you will find. When you know, If we want revelation knowledge from God, we have to become friends of God. This, this is why we don't fly. We hear from God. The apostle Paul said, I no longer call you a servant, but a friend. Because a servant does not know the father's business. But I call you a friend of God. Because a friend understands and knows the master's business. I don't know about you. But you know what? I want to die empty. I don't want another Bible study. I don't want another Bible verse. I don't want another pot. I don't want. I don't, I'm trying to share everything that God gives me. I want to leave a legacy. I want my legacy to be that I love the Lord Jesus Christ with all my heart, my mind, and my soul. That's the legacy that I'm trying to leave with my children. Because if all we leave them is with things, and we don't, and they don't understand that the real life, that life does not consist in abundance of things, but life really does consist in having a relationship 
with Jesus Christ, the one who died for us. Because at the end of the day, everything that we have on this earth is on loan. I don't care. It's on lease. It doesn't matter if you have the title or not, because we're not taking any of this stuff with us. And we all see and know this, because when you go to a funeral, the only thing that's in that coffin is that body, because even the spirit itself has left. It's left the body. It's the spirit that giveth life. And the spirit of God has left that body. And that's why that body ceased to live. It's the spirit that giveth life. God created man out of dirt, dirt, but then when he breathed his Zoe life into man, Genesis 3, he became a living being. He became a living soul. It's the spirit. Our very breath that we breathe comes from God because the devil, he wants to take our breath so we can cease to live. The very breath that you're breathing comes from a God that we don't have time for. The very breath that we breathe comes from a God that we don't even acknowledge half of the time. There's no condemnation, but I'm just trying to make it real to say, listen here, we don't take time out for God. It's not that we don't have time for God. We just don't see the importance of God. Some people don't come to God because until they see a need for God. And my prayer is, Lord, there's no condemnation, but Lord have mercy on us, Father. You said that no man can come unless you draw them. So Holy Spirit, I ask that you just begin to draw everyone who listens to this word. Draw those that are lost. Draw those who know you but don't have time for you. You know, Mary was so, Martha was so busy cleaning and doing all these works and doing missionary and doing everything. But when Jesus came on the scene, she had no time for him. She said, Jesus, tell Martha to come um, Martha to come over here, Mary to come over here. It was Mary. No, it was Martha. Yeah. Tell her to come help me. He said, no, she's doing the most needful thing. It was Mary that was at his feet. She's doing the most needful thing. She stopped everything she's doing to take time out for me. And we have to stop everything that we're doing to take time out for the Lord. And this is my commission. And this is my call. I feel like John the Baptist sometimes in the wilderness crying out saying, come, repent, come back to the Father. Come back to the Word. Come back to Jesus. But sometimes we can't endure sound doctrine because we want all the hoopla. We get one Bible verse and the rest of the sermon is metaphors or opinions. Reading the Word has become boring. Lord, have mercy. Help us, Lord. Reading God, that's God. When we're reading the word, you say, where do we start? I say, start with you. Start with Proverbs. When you read something, you don't understand it. Say, Lord, show me. I'm passionate about the word of God because I understand. It's the only thing that's going to change our life. It's the only, it's not my opinion. When my opinion is not God's opinion, that's not going to set you free. If your counselor is counseling you and they're not giving you the word of God, that's not going to set you free. It's the word of God. Get you a Christian counselor or something. I'm not coming against it, but I'm just saying it's the word of God. That's the power of God. I need the God honest truth, not your truth. If your truth is not God's truth, it's not going to do anything for me. I don't give people my opinion. I give people the word of God because I don't know about you. I'm so, I am so convinced that my way was the wrong way, that I don't want my way anymore. And I'm not going to tell you, I'm not going to teach you my way because my way was the wrong way.